What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the No Playbook Podcast, coming right for your feed. Is this going to be two episodes in one week? I know, not to say that I'm back on my grind, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it across the way. I've got Kyler Gaiman and Eli Grimes joining us today. Good morning, good sir. Good morning to you both. I'm excited to get going here. Yeah. Kyler, how we doing? How we doing? Well, A.J. Brown's a Philadelphia Eagle, so because of that, every day is just much better. Um, okay, we're going to skip over that. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I, I can only imagine. Uh, so today we're going to touch on some Deshaun Watson news, the Russell Wilson contract, uh, Aaron Donald is staying with the Rams, and then game three of the finals, kind of a preview, because that one will be tomorrow night. I believe it'll be on Wednesday, so uh, let's go ahead and uh, dive right in. So my top story before the Aaron Donald news came out was going to be the Deshaun Watson spa stuff. Um, but Aaron Donald is highlighting my show two times in a row um, as he has now re-signed with the Rams with a massive deal. Um, I think it is obviously extended through 2024. He is now earning $31.5 million a year, the highest-paid quarterback, non-quarterback, excuse me, in NFL history. Um so we, we didn't expect him to retire last time. But, Eli, you weren't with us last time. So, I mean, this is kind of like not uncharted territory because you're one of the, you know, NFL, like a lot of us. So, uh, you know. This episode of No Playbook is sponsored by me. Go ahead and click that subscribe button, like the podcast, share with your friends, leave a comment, whatever you do. Just go ahead and get it done, and let's grow LTT Productions to its fullest capacity. Now, let's go ahead and get right back to it. So with Aaron Donald now being back, I think this adds a lot. I mean, not necessarily adds a lot, but with the speculation of him retiring, without Aaron Donald, there's no pass rush for the Rams. And for a team that's trying to repeat, I mean, how do you think this affects it? You know, because we've got, I mean, the Rams have gotten now really like some solid defensive players. The secondary is kind of iffy. You have basically Jalen Ramsey and then that's it. But you've got a good pass rush. You get a good linebacking core. Offensive line's pretty okay. The offense is really good. So, I mean, what are the odds that the Rams come out as Super Bowl champs next year? See, like you just you put it right, hit the nail right on the head. They really didn't get any worse, especially with uh, Aaron Donald coming back and the addition of Allen Robinson. Your offense only got better. Maybe the running back situation may be a little up in the air for the Rams, but you guys seem to have a good good deal with that on the year. Uh, I would say they'd have to open as a Super Bowl favorite. Uh, for whatever reason, me being a Bears fan, Green Bay is always up there just mm-hmm. simply because of Aaron Rodgers. I don't really see any other team besides Tampa in the NFC being a clear favorite. Yeah, I think I've seen something come out to where I think it was the Bills who may have opened up if, if it's yeah. even open, but they're kind of like that favorite to kind of go back, and rightfully so. They're yeah. going to be very solid, especially with the addition of Von Miller and then um, – Kair Elam, I think it's his name. Yeah. The cornerback that's yep. drafted. I'm a big fan of him. So, um, Kyler, what do you think? Well, first of all, I, I'm just, I'll say this. Um, and obviously, the Rams, the Rams made a lot more star studded moves. I mean, the, I mean the, the Bobby Wagner one, especially, is huge for the Rams. First of all, I don't know where they're getting this cap money from. Uh, I was, yeah, I was going to mention that. Or, how, or how they're signing these guys. <laughs> and I know, Drew, you're not complaining, but. I guess the salary cap just ain't real. Uh, but the last time that I heard this conversation was literally right before this past season. That was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, again, 
the you 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 can certainly make the argument and probably say that the Rams definitely made much better moves than what the Rams did because the Rams or um the Rams made much better moves than what the Bucks did whenever whenever they were Super Bowl champions. And I mean, honestly, the Bucks just they didn't really add anybody. They just brought back everybody from that Super Bowl team. Um, and they didn't add a guy like Bobby Wagner to, you know, to their defense either. So again, I think the Rams certainly are the Super Bowl favorite. I mean I mean just like you said, Buffalo's gotta be up there too. Um especially Buffalo's gonna play a lot better competition, I think, in the AFC just all around. So naturally that that'll just make their team better. So also the Rams have the hardest schedule coming into the season. True. So Good I play think, factor. So very, that very will true. be, you know, I mean, it's kind of like that proving point to where. And I looked at it, I think we may have touched on it last or one of the times, I don't remember. But I know Dallas and Washington are combined, I think. Or I know Dallas is down there at the bottom. So I'm not going to be surprised week 10 if they're like – six and four or something like that and then people are like oh my gosh dallas is going to be really good and I mean, always like we said you know Listen. they could make the playoffs and then they're probably going to get bounced in the first round because i don't like i'm personally not a fan of this roster they got only worse this year have if you agree. think cd lamb is going to be a number one that's fine i don't have any problem with that but you need a number two or a number three to step in as a number two they don't really have that guy i'm i will live and die on the hill and i will de- i will certainly die on this hill dallas is overrated every single year and it has not changed since Troy Ekman and all those days and the VCR Super Bowl tape years. I think last um, year they had a really good roster, though. That I was think probably their they, best yeah. chance to make something happen. And they happen. came out week one, and they and people were already, after one game, were like, oh, man, this team looks great. Dak, comeback player of the year. And it's like, I, it's just, I don't know. I mean, they, they always do that. They always start off hot. They always start off really, really hot. It reminds me of the Cardinals a little bit, in a sense, where they start off hot, and then... They, kind of lay and then dud. they play a game at home against the Broncos or the Broncos with Teddy Bridgewater lay an absolute whooping on them. Yep. So it's like Detroit. It's like yeah. what you know. It's like what do you? So anyway, I digress. But um, but yeah, as far as the Rams go back, you know, back to the circling back around. I mean, they certainly. I mean, it's it's got to be them in Tampa as, as my one and two. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I know Rodgers is going to be up there, but un- until I can see with my own eyes what he does with that roster. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not really high on them, to be quite honest with you. The defense got a lot better. I it will did. get they it with did. Way Walker added and that's, to that roster. That's probably the. This is probably the best defense we have yet to see. See it, but mm-hmm. it's probably the best defense Green Bay's had in a long but time. But it's like it wouldn't surprise me either if the Vikings with with the Rams was a previous OC, correct? Yes, I believe they, so. Uh, they hired O'Connell. the Rams. Yeah, I was yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I was... It wouldn't surprise me if they. W- I mean, if they if they win that division and the Packers slide in as a wild card. That's just my opinion. I but, think. I think we saw this defense last year without Jair Alexander for a lot of the year. Yep. And they were top five, I think, if not f- top five, top ten, and just overall, like, I think they finished moves. top 12 in DVOA. So, yeah, and, you know, they missed Jair from, like, week five to week, I think, 17. I think he missed a lot of time. I don't know if he came back for that one playoff game. Um, but you, then you add Quay Walker, who is – kind of a higher upside kind of guy. Uh, I forgot who they added with their second draft pick, but I know it wasn't receiver. I think it was two defensive players, um, if probably a linebacker and then a, a I, defensive I, lineman. It was Devontae Wyatt. It was that. Yes. It, was, it, it was, was Devontae Wyatt. Wyatt. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, I mean, they got a lot better just defensive-wise. And honestly, I like that about Green Bay is because I like – you can't – they're playing to the opposite of their weather. I think that uh, if Matt LaFleur and Kyle Shanahan were to switch spots, they'd be more successful in what they are. Because you've got Kyle Shanahan in California 
with you know pass heavy mm-hmm. kind of an uh, you know weather and he runs the ball a lot compared to Matt Lafleur who's got just that gun slinging kind of that's kind of run it as little but as I possible. Mean, exactly. I mean whenever I mean whenever you have Aaron Rodgers under center, I mean. You know, well, I, I mean, I'm, you can do that. I'm wondering you know? what he's going to do without Aaron Rodgers. That's though, what because I'm... he's had, he had Jared Goff, who is not he's he's pretty okay. I would say probably on the lower tier of average. Then he got Aaron Rodgers uh, with this one, and then he was also the OC from or from Titans from the Titans, and he had Ryan Tannehill. So he's had, I mean, two of his three quarterbacks have been top fifteen at least. Yep. So it's Rogers I don't know. I, yeah, for sure, and they obviously don't really have a backup plan. They like to think that they do in Jordan Love, but I will die on that hill as well. Bust of the last few drafts. It was drafts. a waste of a pick. Mm-hmm. First and, round I mean, pick. People in like all to honesty, forget that. it was way too early of a pick. It was so big of a reach. I just that 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 will live in infamy along with a Jalen Rager first round as an Eagles fan. I know that all too well. Of one of the dumbest draft picks in the first round. I mean, and it's got to I wonder gotta be. who was in their ear telling them, like, oh, my gosh, someone's about to take Jordan Love. I mean, whoever that was, because I know they traded back up to get Jordan Love. They didn't yeah. stay at I, that spot. They traded up to get him. So whoever was taking at that pick and is like, hey, we're about to take Jordan Love, they're like, oh, no, please don't. Let's trade up. You know, so whoever said that was just an absolute stud for telling them I that. I don't. And not for but Green it's Bay like, side, of and course. They're, and, they're not, and, and I understand that you have Aaron Rodgers, but it's it seems like they're not even confident with him even starting, like they're like there's a reason why they paid Rodgers that fat contract. Yep. I mean, they, they wouldn't if they were so confident. Like for example, it's it's kind of like Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith, right? Patrick Mahomes was not c- coming out of that draft was not a really high top end quarterback prospect. He was he was kind of like a project, kind of that raw talent. But you know, the top ones in that class were Deshaun Watson, which we will get into in just a second, um, and among others, Mitch Trubisky. Right? Is is yep. that the same draft class? Yes. So. I was like, don't remind me. <laughs> I know all too well. So, but but again, Alex Smith started, right? And Patrick Mahomes was kind of in that. I, I'd say he's probably a better prospect than Jordan Love, but he was still on that, okay, you really you really don't know what you have out of him. But but at least they had confidence in saying, hey, and again, this is Alex Smith and Aaron Rodgers. So I was about to say, I don't know if you're comparing I, Aaron Rodgers and Alex But what I'm Smith, saying but... is that the Packers are not even – they're not even sounding like they're confident in love at all. Like, they're not even talking highly of them. Like I said, there's a reason why with the contract year that they had with Devontae Adams, who eventually they shipped off, there's a reason why that, that they paid him that fat contract. It wasn't because of his age or whatever. It was because I just don't think that they're that confident in Jordan Love and they know yeah, it. I just, and looking back at college, maybe I'm just a casual college fan, I couldn't name you one game that Jordan Love played in, but... We saw that Baker Mayfield versus Patrick Mahomes, that TCU-Oklahoma game. Oh, my gosh. A bl- it was a shootout. It was mm-hmm. like 50-something, 50-something. No, it went even higher than that. I think it was... And again, I know that my point between Patrick Mahomes and, and Love was, was very far-fetched, but I mean, I'm just taking it in the same context. Right. Like, I, get, I get what you're saying. Like, they were kind the, the of Chiefs had, picks. The, the Chiefs had a level of confidence in Patrick Mahomes, whereas the Packers, it seemed like that they drafted him, and then, after, and then they realized... Oh, <laughs> we have, don't. We 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 might have missed the gun. Yeah, there's. And just, it just. I don't know. It just, it just, the whole situation just seems very weird to me. Yeah, I. The move never made sense because to me, even though. with, and again after this, real quick, we'll move on. But even with, whenever they whenever they had Brett Favre, they they were still pretty confident, and Aaron, and Aaron Rodgers could take over, and he certainly did that. Yep. So I digress. This episode of No Playbook is sponsored by me. Go ahead and click that subscribe button, like the podcast, share with your friends, leave a comment, whatever you do. Just go ahead and get it done, and let's grow LTT Productions to its fullest capacity. Now, let's go ahead and get right back to it. 
so in, you mentioned Deshaun Watson. Um, so I'm on Mike Florio's website, and I see something to where it says Deshaun Watson, out of the kindness of his heart, as I use air quotes, um, <laughs> gave a spot owner $5,000. Uh, I was talking to Eli about this. I think it was yesterday whenever I found it out, and it was like – it's not – I don't know if he's guilty, but it's kind of getting the vibes where he's starting to feel like he is kind of playing like that guilty feel. He offered $100,000 to all of the um, lawsuit victims of it, and I kind of took it as like, okay, you know, he's trying to settle it that way. He doesn't have to miss any time. But then I see this, and I'm like, okay, I'm, this is kind of not looking very good on his part. Yeah. When all this first started, just for some, like, background, I – I'm a firm believer in, you know, innocent until proven guilty. But when you start to kind of like, oh, this isn't going away. Maybe I should pay some people off. That way I can just get back to the football field. When at first it was, I'm not going to settle anything because I want to clear my name. Now it's kind of more and more stories come out Mm -hmm. with kind of detailed explanations of what happened. I'm more on the side of this guy might have actually done something. Yeah, he's kind of playing that guilty yeah. trying not to be guilty kind of yep. thing because if you were to pay him off then it's done you know yep. he doesn't have to worry about anything but I, I think we were just talking about this on um uh this past episode where it's just like you know he could be good if he doesn't go to jail but i mean like it's starting to look like he knows something is coming up and we, we didn't even discuss he just had another lawsuit come in mm-hmm. but number 24 came in i think was approved or um was officially um done either today or yesterday but it i mean it's 24 now you're looking at 2.4 million at 100 grand a piece i mean if you pay everyone a million you know then you're still getting 24 million but he just signed that fat contract yeah thanks cleveland for giving him the money the to pay off everybody that he needs to yeah but see i don't with, with the whole situation is it's very very weird it, it's it's really really weird because it seems like we've been going back and forth on this whole deal ever since it really came about. I feel like he's given us reasons to go back and forth, is, honestly, especially and this past that's week. That's also though. true, too. But like I said, the whole situation is weird in the fact of, okay, the stuff comes out. Well, first of all, he, he didn't want to play in Houston, period, before the stuff. Then the stuff comes out, and then this dude goes into complete hiding. We don't hear from him the whole NFL mm-hmm. season, very rarely. Dude just doesn't play the whole year. That is what it is. Doesn't get traded, traded at the deadline, whatever. And then we go to this offseason, and obviously that's a pretty what's happening with Deshaun Watson because clearly he's not staying in Houston whether you like it or not unless unless the dude goes to jail. <laughs> I mean, he's, 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 he's not staying in Houston whether he goes to jail or he goes to a new team, one of the two. And then um, the, the whole deal comes about where they where – they, it looks – I mean, it looked like where everything was kind of settled, done deal, kind of moving on, whatever. And so the Browns obviously reach out. Deshaun Watson's kind of back in the name of the game, narrows his, narrows his decisions down. Looks like he's going one way, then decides to pull a sneaky and go to the Browns. And then um, the Browns pay him the fat contract, and then now here we are where it's like, okay, well, these were, they're not really going away. But I guess my biggest question is, is why in the world would the Browns pay all that money and bring in guys like Amari Cooper, for example, if they knew – if they knew something that we didn't like, it just doesn't make sense to me on why would you, why would you make this type of move if you weren't so sure about Deshaun Watson from, from a, from a franchise standpoint. I'm also checking. And I'm not saying whether he did it or not. I'm just saying from the Browns perspective of do they, do they, do they know something that we don't? I mean, because I mean, I mean, we're assuming that he gets suspended at least 
from the league. Mm-hmm. So that's probably going to happen. But as far as with him having actual time and like, and I don't know how that works on the whole deal. As far as can you can, can you reopen it because it was settled before? I don't know. But what I but but what I can say is is it just it would blow my mind that they would pay him this fat contract. And they and and then they also traded assets too, right? Am I wrong? Do they just they, a lot of picks and I think a couple right like yep. lower not lower tier but with a team that's of... with Houston that's already rebuilding anyway. Right. So like I don't know, just I don't know. I I just I just don't know if the Browns know something that we don't. Just the whole situation is just very odd. That's the only way that I can really put it. Well, uh, scrolling through Mike Florio's website. Uh, started off today, uh, could 24th lawsuit against Deshaun Watson eventually allow Browns to avoid his guarantees, which would basically probably be his whole contract, right, since it was guaranteed. Yeah, but I, I think it was gonna, like $230 million mm-hmm. guaranteed, something like I'm that. I'm not going to read into it. I'm just reading the kind of headlines. Um, this was yesterday. NFL declines comment on recent developments in Deshaun Watson case. That's shady in and mm. of itself. Deshaun Watson's lawyers are, quote-unquote, unable to respond to 24th lawsuit, quote-unquote, at this time. And, uh, um... I don't know, man. It just, it looked good, especially after he signed with the Browns, because it's like, okay, like, certainly, he should be good to go. But now it's like, these still aren't going away, so... (laughs) There was something that I seen... What's going on? It was like, that they're not going to be doing cases... I think it was from, like, August 1st to March 1st. And I'm trying to find it on here, um, but I can't. So we're, I'm going to – let me do this real quick. But, I mean, it's kind of getting to the point to where, like we said, to where – move my mic so I can type. Mm-hmm. He's kind of playing our hand here to where he might legitimately feel like he's guilty. It's so tough to tell. Like – at this point, it's kind of not tough to tell, but you don't want to put a crucify a guy that's innocent. Yeah. But so technically, now he still is. So now exactly, we're in the, we're, we're in the stuff limbo of yeah. like what's going to happen. Like from here, is he is he guilty? Is he not guilty? Will he play the first is eight games true? of the year? Yeah. Is it not true? Like I don't know. The whole situation so, just seems very very odd. It just says you know you know quoting you know some of this Mike uh, Florio. Uh, Stuff it just says um, that the two dozen lawsuits will work their way through the legal system with August first and March first out of bounds for any of the trials. Uh, Watson could still face a suspension in twenty twenty four or beyond. So I don't know why it's like that. They may have just come to a term or something. I I don't know. I don't know why from that point on. You know he can't be trialed on anything. Hmm. I beats me. I mean, and that was my biggest question of like, can he? Can he? Can he? Can he? Can he be trialed? Can he not? I, I don't know. To me, it's just it's just so odd. It's so. It odd. is looking that way. Like it's just kind of like uh, a toss up. Um, but <clears throat> another report that came out, not uh, you know legal wise, is that Russell Wilson, his contract new his new contract demand is a five year two hundred and fifty million dollar deal. You said two fifty million guaranteed, or is it just? I just seen two fifty. I didn't okay. look at the guaranteed money or anything like that. But I mean, I mean that probably would be a good question because if it is guaranteed, then it's kind of. Ugh. 
Because if a quarterback like Deshaun Watson gets $230 million guaranteed, a guy with a resume like Russell Wilson might be looking for... But he's older, though. That's true. That's, you know what I mean? And he's been kind of injury-prone yeah. in his past... I mean, like it's been like some freak injuries. Or like The time that he missed this past season was like... His finger, he, I think. Yeah, it was... Yeah. Well, he jammed his finger coming down on... He was playing against the Rams, ironically enough, and he was throwing the ball, and it came down, and he hit his, I think his middle finger mm-hmm. on Aaron Donald's helmet or someone's helmet, and it just caused him to miss all that time to where they missed the playoffs and they were terrible without him. But when he came back, they slowly kind of got their rhythm back. So, but I mean, is he worth it at, he's got to be like 31, no, 32 now at this point. I mean, he pre- he's probably, he's quick. probably older than that. Cause he came in the league at I 2009. Think, I, thought, I thought it was like 2012. Actually, I think it was 2012. He was, he was, he was a labor pick out of Wisconsin. Um, I just know. I mean, just in the honest, honest answer with you, no. I mean, you already, you already traded so much to get him, right? And I, I just, just in, in all honesty, my answer to that is just, I just no, because I mean, here after a while, I mean, you're gonna have to, I mean, you're, you're, you're you might have Russell Wilson for which guy you spitballing like? three, four years, but after that, I think, I think I want to hang it up. So Russell Wilson is 33 years old. Ooh, yeah. yikes! Yeah, a five-year yeah. deal. We'll there ain't no way. There ain't no the way. Especially career. with him running around. I Let's mean, I don't know though because with the Broncos' offensive line, I think it's probably an upgrade over the Seattle's. I mean, be. probably it is. is so. But I mean, their division is the toughest in football though. So with it's like, why would he only get yeah, better true. in that division? I think. If he balls out this year and misses like like two games, maybe because it's bound to happen, you know, with Russell Wilson being you know kind of an older guy and the scrambling quarterback that he is, he's going to miss some sort of time. I wouldn't say necessarily five years, but you gave up that much, you're not just going to give him for a one year. So I can definitely see them giving them a five year, two hundred fifty dollar million dollar you know deal. I would probably sell around the three year range, three to four year range, with maybe like a team option or you front loaded enough to where. The later half of his career, like when he he reaches 35, 36, it's not that big of a cap hit. You know what I mean? So if you front load it or if you fully guarantee it, I don't know how that works against the cap. But, you know, if you front load it, then you're paying him a bulk of it now and just kind of slowly getting out. But especially since they're not paying any of their receivers, I don't think Bradley Chubb has gotten an extension yet. Patrick Mm -hmm. Sertan's on his you know, rookie deal. This is a really, really, really young team to where you're they not have paying that little anybody window. yet. They they have the little window to where they can they can try to win now because they're they're. I mean, honestly, it reminds me of the Eagles to where they have all their players on like these like for example like if if you look at the Eagles roster, you've got Jalen Hurts who's on a rookie window, Devontae Smith who's on a rookie window, um, Dallas Goddard just did just get extended. But I mean, there's I mean there's 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 a lot of players on like that like middle of their contract type window. On the Eagles, and that's kind of like the Broncos, to where they have that they have those players kind of like that, to where they want to win now with the with the pieces that they have, um, and they don't want to wait too long, obviously for the for the money to be kind of a tight issue. So I again, if I'm the Broncos, I just I wouldn't. I mean, that's just so much money. They're I mean, bound to extend them at some point because they this will is the last year of his deal. Yeah, like, I mean, coming up they'll on extend them, but as far as like five year, two hundred fifty. Plus, like I, if I'm the Broncos, I'm like, look, we we want to extend you, and we we want to keep you here, but that just that just can't, that just it's it's just not realistic. In all honesty, that's just my opinion. My thing is, we're all NFC guys, so we can have that argument of windows, mm-hmm. you know, positions to succeed. When can you do that? In the AFC, I don't think there's really time anymore for a window to win. You have to be a good team mm-hmm. to right. compete. 
and they're they are in arguably the toughest division in football. So they have to be a competitor. They can't wait. And that division's only getting better, in my opinion. I think they're going to finish third or fourth in that division. Fourth, in my opinion. I just don't think Russell Wilson is enough. And if you look at their receivers, there's nothing that compares to any other division. And so I kind I guess I didn't think about that is that. You know, we are looking at this kind of from the outside. And, I mean, we obviously are, but, like, we're NFC, fans of NFC, yep. NFC teams. So, it's kind of the NFC is top-heavy, but that AFC is super, you know, it's deep. And so, it's kind of at the points where you're either going to be really good and you're going to want to be competing, or you're going to want to be the Jags to where you're mm-hmm. like, we're, we're going to build up our team, we're going to make sure everyone's good and right, and then whenever, you know, Russell Wilson's kind of older or, you know, Tyreek Hill – I'm Tyreek Hill, excuse me – Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs or Andy, you know, they're, they're waiting for their moment to kind of pounce, yep. and whether they can do it, you know, it's kind of I'm up in the air on the Jaguars. Well, Brenton, but at, the, at the same point, I think that's a really good take on it because if you are trying to compete, do you line up? You line up well with the top of the top. It's the Bills, yeah. the Chargers, the Chiefs, you know, and those are two of their divisional rivals right there. So. Um, Keep in mind the Bengals are a super young ba- team. Yeah, I forgot about the Bengals. I knew I was forgetting some yeah. division. I mean, the Ravens are even up there. If they their get defense break- got so much better, and, and it's like you know, like do you really consider yourself that elite? And I yeah. think they have a good roster. I just don't know if they compare to again the Chiefs and the Bills and you know all this other stuff. Especially if you're paying Wilson two hundred fifty million dollars. Yeah, you're not going to have room to compete Mm-mm. or money to compete. I think I just lost my point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, well. Well, Brandon Beard, he made a good point. He said, unless you win at least ten or eleven games, that's in the what AFC, I was going to say. Yeah, like you're not, you're you're not even going to make yeah. the playoffs. And so. remember, last a couple years ago, the Dolphins won ten, eleven games and missed the playoffs. Yeah, my my eight and eight Bears made the playoffs, and we did not deserve mm-hmm. that. Yeah, so that. it's like yeah. you know, it's it's we not even squeaked into nine and eight last year. Yeah, and we were a first round exit looked terrible, and it's not even to the point to where it's like you know. Um, I also had a train of thought, too, but the Dolphins won 11, 10, 11 games, and I thought I found it. It was way back when, I mean, you think about it, so much has changed because Tom Brady's in that division. Tom mm-hmm. Brady was in the AFC, and, you know, the Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, you know, it was kind of a, not necessarily, it was a tougher time, but, I mean, 10, 11 games, you think, on a 16-game schedule, you're like, man, this team's really good, and they were. Continue, they yeah. just caught the unlucky bounce. I think it was like a... Um, I think that was the year the seventh seed got introduced. I'm oh yeah, sure. you're right. I who think who it, did I, they play that year? Now that I'm thinking of it, because I honestly don't remember the Dolphins ever being in the playoffs. No, they were, they, they missed the playoffs. They missed the playoffs. They went ten, oh, ten six. Yeah, they right. won ten eleven Duh. games and missed. Yeah, I was, yeah. I I, just I see where a, you were coming from. I just had a stupid no, moment. You're good. I was I like, totally, yeah. I was like, I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, I don't remember the Dolphins. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 that's what. But I remember. Yeah, I remember where you're coming from. So I I made my point for me. Yeah, we got you. So before we take a look into Game Three of the NBA Finals, it's time now to hear a word from today's sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by Smith Media Consulting. For all your audio or video production, or for media consulting, contact Smith Media Consulting at 618-294-3399. Again, contact Smith Media Consulting at 618-294-3399. Now, let's get back to it. Thank you again to uh, Jeremy Smith for sponsoring Today's portion of the uh, No Playbook podcast. Uh, once again, I'm Drew Pound, Kyler Gammon along the way. Eli Grimes sitting in with us again. Appreciate you fellas joining us. So we're going to take a look now into Game 3 of the NBA Finals. Game 1 um, was pretty, uh, pretty – it was a really good game. It really was uh, with Boston squeaking that one out. In Game 2, 
I mean, Warriors dominated. The Warriors dominated. So I remember uh, I put in the group chat that we're all in, and I it was in the first quarter where they were missing layups <laughs> and missing everything. I said the Warriors are buns. And about 15 minutes later, when they had regained the lead, Kyler's like, "What do you mean they have the lead?" <laughs> I, like, I said, "There's 15 minutes." Stupid Drew. <laughs> But of course, like, I mean, I mean, I mean, Clay Thompson played so bad that game, though. Yeah. But, but he Jordan played that Poole offensively, carried. But gosh, he's played so good defensively. Jordan Poole carried so much. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, Curry was Curry, obviously, but I mean, Jordan Poole just had such a great game. That game. this is kind of—I know they don't have like the Kevin Durant type of player, but this is really kind of proving like who was the key part exactly. of the Warriors because you take Steph Curry off that team with KD, I don't know if they win those championships. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't think they, they don't. do. I don't think. Yeah, I don't. So, think they do and I'm glad that Steph is stepping up to the tel- you know, to the table because there was a lot of like he kind of not struggled, but he kind of disappeared in the moment to where it's like he dropped quietly 20, 25 points behind Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson or Draymond, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, but whenever we originally were previewing this series, I did not think about how good defensively that Boston lines up with Golden State because they both are heavy switching teams to where they try to get Jason Tatum on Steph Curry. And Steph Curry is doing a really good job, but it's getting to the point to where whenever Jason Tatum switches and he's got Steph Curry on him, they have to blitz. It's like Draymond or or someone get up there to where he's not just shooting over Steph or bullying him down low. But on the other side, Boston matches up so very well against them because it's just kind of like, you know, you've got Al Horford on Steph, who Al Al Horford is not, you know, what he was. But, I mean, he's still very solid. The only kind of missing part, quote-unquote, there, it would be Robert Williams. And he hasn't really been playing that well, or at all, for that matter. Mm -hmm. You've got Robert Williams and Kevon Looney that they kind of like not necessarily mirror each other's images because whenever Boston does go small, you kind of see Golden State bulk up and put Looney in there because Horford is kind of – he's not necessarily hit or miss. He just doesn't take a lot of shots a lot of the time. Whenever he's open, he takes them, and he hits them at a fairly decent clip. But it's to the point to where Looney is like just kind of like you get in there, you bully, and you go get rebounds. And, I mean, they've done a really good job about that. And I'm really excited to see what Game 3 has to hold. I mean, I'm still saying – and. And I understand Boston won that game, game one. It is what it is. They, they won the game. But I'm telling you right now, if you, look, if you look from game one to game two, and this was really the key factor of like, okay, this is, this is really what I think is going to happen. And I still said Warriors in six, and I still am going to die. I said the same thing, yep. Uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, hopefully that pans out. But in game one, Al Horford had the game of his life in the finals, okay? I, th- I think he had, like, 20-plus points. He had, like, 26, 26 points, went, like, yeah. six for eight okay. from three. The next game, he had, what, like, four? That was right on the money, yeah. yeah four, sweet. six. Like but that, four that six also points. plays to my points where he's not shooting it very well, but when he shoots it, he hits it. And that's kind of off- or Boston's offense, and that goes back to Jason Tatum. And I didn't mention this, but when Jason Tatum was on the, you know, the, the he was slashing, he was doing a lot of scoring, and that's what I like. That's that's whenever me personally, whenever I look at a player, that's what I like. You're struggling offensively. Let's find a way to turn that around and make you a positive. He was like a plus thirty, but also and the plus minus in game one and the minus twenty eight in game two. Yeah, but but also too with the with the point about Boston winning in game one, I thought that there was there was there was two key components on honestly why they won that game, and and, and it's going to sound cliche, but really, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but for the first three quarters. It was pretty. I mean, it was pretty competitive, and then the fourth yeah, quarter, it was like war- forty to sixteen. Right. So, so my point here is that okay. First of all, Al, like I said, Al Horford had the game of his absolute life, which is just. I mean, it's kind of random, but it's kind of not. I mean, it, you could see it happening, but it's really random. 
just what he wish he would have hit those threes whenever they were playing the Heat in Game Seven <laughs> of the Finals. But uh, that's a different but, story. But uh, but then it, but and then also too down the stretch, the Warriors just did not. I mean, they could not hit a shot in that fourth quarter in Game One. I mean, they looked terrible in that in that Game One fourth quarter, and uh, Boston just took advantage and literally just ran away with the game. But in Game Two. You literally saw the Warriors take over, and the Warriors were way too much for Boston. I mean, clearly. I mean, they were. I mean, Jordan Poole's hitting dang half near quarters. half court shots and sizing up. You know, Marcus Smart and hit, drilling a three in his face. You know, like so, the Warriors completely dominated. And so, I just feel like over time, that's what's going to happen. Like, I feel like the inexperience of Boston is going to catch up to them, and and their defense just simply won't be enough. And I feel, I feel, like, like I said, I feel like the Warriors will be hitting their shots and. Um, and hopefully Draymond doesn't get a technical, but there's always no promises for that one. And I don't know. I just, I just, I feel like I just a part of me just feels like they just they've been in these situations so many times before, and I just feel like Warriors will just eventually just carry the way to six games and another championship. I'd have to agree. I think the Warriors will win this one in six. But you've got to look at the bench for both teams. It's like if Steph Curry and Klay Thompson have an off night, their bench is still going to put up. Double digits, right. especially Where, if Paul keeps playing. Like, exactly, yeah, he playing scored. Like he did. Like yeah, he 15, scored seventeen, five for nine from three in this last game. Three of the five starters for the Celtics put up two points. That's wow. If J- if Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have an off night, you're going to lose the game. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have off nights, and they still lost. So if Boston wants to be competitive, their bench is going to have to step up. I think their defense has got to be better. They go through these little spurts of time to where it's just kind of like. 30 minutes, or not even 30, excuse me, 30 minutes, uh, six minutes of just them not scoring, and then they're still in it, but you can't have that second one. That's just the thing with Boston is that they'll go through these spurts to where they just aren't scoring, and then they'll be competitive, and then they go through another one. It's just kind of like at this point it's not going to be very competitive. I think I'm going to extend it. I said Warriors in five. Um, it could still happen, I think. Um but I think I'm going to go Warriors in probably six or seven. But it would not. Su- I think Boston matches up with them really mm-hmm. well, and defensively, they've got size and length. And I think Jason Tatum and Andrew Wiggins are like the key factors. If you know Tatum, because Tatum is going to be, if he's aggressive, I think Boston has a really good shot. But if he's just kind of like, eh, you know, then I think it'll be a, a tougher series. Um, it would not surprise me if Boston won this next game. It really wouldn't. Um, I, I don't know. I just I kind of kind of like that 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 gut feeling almost, especially first game in Boston, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it would surprise me if Boston won that game, but then I can also go back and say, and I, I can also see just the Warriors. Um, I'll say this: I th- I think this game will be really really close. I mean, I'm I'm saying I think this game could come right down to the to I mean basically to like the last shot of the game. I just I have that. I have that gut feeling because both of these teams, like, for example, Boston's looking to for sure rebound after that terrible performance mm-hmm. in Game 2, and then the Warriors are kind of on that hot streak. So it's like, you're, you're I mean, some, some, I mean something's got to give, and is it going to be Boston's defense and, t- and Tatum and Brown doing doing their thing, or is it just going to be the Curry just being too much? And Clay and, and and mind you, Clay Thompson really really had an off night in Game 2. So And still played good defense. Yeah, exactly. So... so I could see this one, Game 3, really really coming down to the wire. I'd have to agree. Before we go, before we wrap up here, I want to thank you again for listening. Uh, before we go, any we're going to do uh, score predictions on the, the finals last game. They're at Game 3. I'll go Warriors. I'll say Warriors take it, but I'll say Warriors. I'll say Boston 101, 
Warriors 104. Okay. The over under here is two point is two twelve and a half, so that's one twelve, one ten. I'm gonna say Golden State. I'm gonna go under. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say Golden State one oh eight, Boston one oh two. I think it's gonna be like a four to six point game. Mm-hmm. It'll I be close, and then the free throws are kind of yeah. yeah make it yeah make. make I think score. it'll be. I think it'll be a low scoring game. I, agree. I think. It, I think I'm gonna go like ninety eight to one oh four. Somewhere in that ranger, you know, 98, 96, something like that. So, um, but fellas, thank you for joining me today. I thank appreciate you. it. Absolutely. Uh, hopefully, during the summer, we'll get you guys on a lot more than, you know, what we did in the previous time, which I think for show, so, For show, Yes, sir. Uh, I want to thank you for listening. Again, I want to thank our sponsors for today with Jeremy Smith and uh, Smith Media and Consulting. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you uh, next time. Peace. <laughs>